all, and welcome to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things Southern, spooky, and today, unusual roadside attractions. I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. And I'm your Florida man, Tony. We appreciate you taking the time to listen and hope you're creepily enjoying yourselves. Please join our Facebook page and leave us some likes mm-hmm. and some five-star reviews on your podcast platforms. Indeed. Also, please invite your creepy friends and share the podcast with them. The yep. more the merrier. The more the merrier. And also remember we have a Patreon and a dedicated email, Ooh. which means anybody can email us at southernfriedspooky at gmail.com. Nice. Yep. Now watch the fan mail come pouring in. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We are also both either slightly sick or getting over being sick, so pardon <laughs> the occasional I don't sound as lovely as usual and, <laughs> and whatnot. But So today, we're looking at the American Stonehenge slash Rosetta Stone in Georgia that existed up until a few weeks ago, actually, the Georgia Guidestones. So uh, I, I assume that you're going to be telling us what happened to a few weeks ago. Right. I think at this point, at the time of the recording, it's been um, two months, maybe. Okay. Okay. Now, this is the thing. The structure was a monument that consisted of six blue granite slabs, which is some of the finest in existence, if you're really into rock, I guess. They weighed about 238,000 pounds each. Which would make that 120 tons? You did that in your head. I'm impressed. Yeah. And stood in a cow pasture in Elbert County, Georgia from 1980 to 2022. Each was 19 feet, three inches tall. So these are big, heavy things in the middle of a cow field. Yeah. As we understand, the monument's creators believed that there was going to be a calamity of some sort, a social, nuclear, or economic collapse, and they're probably not wrong, and they wanted this monument to serve as a guide for humanity from that point onward. And it ultimately became the subject of conspiracy theories and somehow connected to Satanism. Wait, how? Eh, because it's different and weird, I guess? People are stupid. <laughs> there you heard it, folks. Tony Opinions. Or as a, I just learned, a, a good friend of mine uh, shared with me that, uh, yes, sarcastic, I have no views on this topic. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I don't believe that's at all. Okay. In June 1979, this is the beginning, the Elberton Granite Finishing Company, That for some reason that sounds like a proper finishing school for little stones. And that was... A month after I was born. Wow. Well, we're old. Yeah, we are old. So the Elberton Granite Finishing Company, I almost said school, president met with a man openly using the pseudonym Robert C. Christian, allegedly a reference to Christianity. There's a big stretch there. Yeah. Christian suggested he spoke on behalf of a, quote, small group of loyal Americans who had been planning this for 20 years and commissioned the structure of six granite slabs. Christian explained that the stones would function as a compass, calendar, and clock, and should be capable of withstanding catastrophic events, which, given the most recent events, this requirement seems to have failed somewhat. Yeah. We'll explain a little later. Christian explained that he wanted to build a granite monument that would rival the British Stonehenge, very much reputed as a pagan structure of the Neolithic. He drew inspiration from the structure after he paid a visit to it. Christian was impressed with the structure created by these ancients, but lamented that it carried no intrinsic message. 
yeah. I mean, Stone, as far as he knows, I guess Stonehenge was old. I mean, if there was a message there or a use, perhaps it's been lost. And we do hang out with a bunch of pagan and druidic weirdos who kind of would be offended at the thought that it has no particular use. Oh yeah, Joe H. Fendley Sr., president of the Elbertic Granite Finishing Company. That's just a really long thing to say. That is a lot to say. Believed that Christian, well, was a nutcase. Okay. I mean, he attempted to discourage him by quoting him a price for the commission, which was, quite simply, ridiculous. Fenley explained that the construction of the guide stones would require additional tools and consultants, and to Fenley's utter surprise and dismay, he accepted the quote. Yep. No haggling, no questions. He went with ridiculous. Christian said he had chosen Elbert County because of its abundance of local granite, the rural nature of its landscape, its mild climate, and family ties to the region. So, roots there, I guess. Yeah. So the total cost of this project was not revealed, but it was estimated to be over $100,000 in 1979, which is the equivalent of... Half a million? About that. Now, we're not sure if this was the actual cost or the ridiculous price Fenley quoted. It's kind of a lot. Hold on. Uh, 390? I'm watching calculations just in front of his face. It's fabulous. 390. Is it in the script? I'm not even looking at it. Or $390,000. Uh, 373361 in Damn. 2021. Okay, close. So close. 373,000. I mean, it's that's a lot. That is a lot. Now, <laughs> Christian delivered a scale model of the guidestones and 10 pages of specifications. And for some reason, you remember that scene in Spinal Tap? Which they, one? Okay. It's been years since That involves the Stonehenge model that was done incorrectly and it was in inches and not feet. So oh, the structure yeah. that comes down is like nine inches high. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not what happened, but it would be funny. The structure consisted of, as I mentioned, four massive blue granite slabs, one center stone known as the Nomen Stone, and a capstone. Christian also informed Wyatt C. Martin, president of Granite City Bank, there's a theme here, yeah. of his hope that other conservation-minded groups in the country would later erect even more stones to form an outer ring around the central structure. Very Stonehenge. Yeah, very. He told Martin that he wanted the monument to be erected in a rural area. Why is that always hard to say? Rural area? Yeah. It's hard to say with careful enunciation. Oh, okay. Out in the countryside, away from crowds and tourists. Well, as of 2020, it was drawing about 20,000 tourists a year. That's good for the economy. For a small town. I mean, it's no Disney, but... Yeah. Christian and his anonymous group bought a five-acre site from a local farm owner. The farmer and his children were granted lifetime cattle grazing rights on the Guidestone site. Which means... They didn't have to worry about mowing the grass or anything like that. That just means they'd send the cows out, the cows would do the job, and they'd be fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, there, Easy used, maintenance. To, there used to be companies that would rent out goats for backyards and stuff, and they would put up little fences, and they'd leave the goats out overnight, and by morning, the yard was damn near immaculate. As a small aside, I did once have a pet goat, long story, but she, uh, we did occasionally have neighbors who would ask if they could borrow her for a little bit, but she had very refined tastes. She did not like weeds. She only wanted, like, your couture roses and the dogwoods and, you know, <laughs> she was a brat. <laughs> she was very sweet. She but, was yeah. a goat of exquisite taste. She was. She was a gourmet. <laughs> yep. Where the heck was I? Oh, okay. So the farmer and his children were granted lifetime cattle grazing rights mm -hmm. on the Guidestone site. So by 1981, 
They had to add, I'm sure this really um, helped the aesthetics of it, barbed wire fencing had to be erected around the monument to keep the cattle out because they were using it for a scratching post. Oh, like rubbing their backs? And yeah, stuff a little the, uh, indignant there. Yeah. Um, the monument was located off of Georgia State Route 77, around mm-hmm. seven miles north of the city of Elberton. Which and I've been through. Oh, have you? We didn't stop, but we drove through it. It was really nice. You didn't stop in the massive metropolis of Elberton? I, we didn't know that there were guidestones. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know this up until a couple of weeks ago. This is true. Yeah, they're kind of one of those things of, if you know about them, you know, but yeah. they're not widely talked about. The Georgia Guidestones dominated the highest elevation in the county, which is located in the northeastern Piedmont section of the state. For anyone who does not live in Georgia, South Carolina area, sorry, it's a little dull. (laughs) Christian later transferred ownership of the land and the Guidestones to Elbert County itself. Now, on March 22nd, 1980, Congressman Doug Bernard... Or Barnard, I'm not really sure. Unveiled, I'd say Bernard. Bernard unveiled the completed guidestones before an audience of between two and three hundred people. Which is, given the small town, probably, it's probably everybody. Half the population. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> At the unveiling, a master of ceremonies read a message to the gathered audience. In order to avoid debate, we, the sponsors of the Georgia Guidestones, have a simple message for human beings now and for the future. We believe our precepts are sound, and they must stand on their own merits. Purported statement of Georgia Guidestone sponsors. Now, I have to imagine that probably they were actually stated in a, I don't know, what I think of as the politician accent. Yeah. Robert Christian, presumably the same man, published a book titled Common Sense Renewed in 1986, which described the ideology of the Guidestones. The author, Robert Christian, wrote, I am the originator of the Georgia Guidestones and the sole author of its inscriptions. Again, I feel like everyone should have like a Walking Dead accent. Yeah. I've had the assistance of a number of other American citizens in bringing the monument into being. I can't do that too well. We have no mysterious purposes or ulterior motives. We seek common sense pathways to a peaceful world without bias for particular creeds or philosophies. End quote. Yes. Dark Clouds Over Elberton, the true story of the Georgia Guidestones, is a 2015 documentary film purporting to expose the true identity of Robert Christian. The makers of the documentary claim to have investigated and interviewed Mr. Martin, the banker who was involved in the financial arrangements for the construction of the monument. Yeah. However, it's generally considered his identity is still unknown. Kind of man in the iron mask kind of thing. Somebody knows, but they're not talking. Okay, back to the stones. Mm -hmm. A message consisting of a set of ten guidelines or principles was engraved on the Georgia Guidestones in eight different languages. One language on each face of the four large upright stones. Moving clockwise around the structure from due north, these languages were English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. Okay. So they, I I guess they were just hitting all the continents. Maybe. It's an odd collection of languages. Well, if you think about it, like like when you're reading them, English, Uh Spanish... I guess what, Europe, Swahili, the majority, of the, the majority of Africa, Hindi and Hebrew. Yeah, that's the Middle East. Arabic, also Middle East. Traditional Chinese, Ural Asia, like that yeah. area, and then Russian, which is mm, still covers quite a lot of territory. I mean, it's 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 a lot of languages, and it covers a lot of the world. 
Well, these particular languages were chosen because they represented most of humanity, yeah. as you said. While Hebrew was chosen because of its connections to Judaism and Christianity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. According to the monument's sponsors, the inscriptions are meant to guide humanity to conserve nature after a nuclear war, which the creators thought was an imminent threat, if you remember the 80s. Yeah, Cold the, War. Yeah, the inscriptions dealt with four main themes. Governance and establishment of a world government. Population and reproduction control. We could really use that now. Yep. The environment and humankind's relationship to nature. And spirituality. Okay. Now, this here we are with a dry list, but I, I do think it's interesting. So, shall we include the list of what okay. they actually yeah, say? Let's, let's look over the list and read it out for our listeners. Alrighty. Number one, <laughs> maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Number three, unite humanity with a living new language. Ooh, as a linguist, I'm fascinated in that one. Yeah, okay. Number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations, number six, rule internally, resolving in external disputes in a world court. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Which oh, I can Lord. Agree, I, can agree I with like that, that one. Yeah, <laughs> I can agree with that one. I wonder how many people we'd get rid of. Yeah, how many petty laws would we get rid of, too? Right. I mean, did you know that in, in North Carolina, it is illegal to rake your, your neighbor's pine needles? You can literally be ticketed for raking your neighbor's pine needles. There's a story there that I would love to hear. We need to do an episode that is just the stupid, weird laws. Stupid laws, yes. Because they're fun. And you know at some point, somebody made an effort to turn it into a law because um, of reasons. There are really weird ones. I Before eat, we go down that rabbit hole. Hold on. I okay, all right. Plowing a field with an elephant is a North Carolina law. You're not allowed to plow a field with an elephant. Okay, well, I hope they really don't look into my past too far. <laughs> <laughs> Number uh, eight. <laughs> balance personal rights with social duties. Number nine. Prize truth, beauty, love, Seeking harmony with the infinite. Ten. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. You know, I can agree with most of these rules. Well, and that's the thing, is they're supposed to be just very <clears throat> broad, non-ideological, common sense kind of spiritual goals. Mm -hmm. And, of course, people being people. And, I, okay, I don't want to sound like Christians are bad, but there are a, there is an, a strain of people in the Christian church who will look at anything else and go immediately... That's satanic, even when that's really not the case. Which is funny because Satanism is kind of an offshoot of Christianity. It is, but... Because to believe in Satan, you would have to believe in the opposite side of the coin, which would be God. It, this is a conversation we've had a few times, isn't it? Yes. So, a few feet to the west of the monument, an additional granite ledger has been set level with the ground, mm -hmm. and this tablet identified the structure and the languages used on it, and listed various facts about the size, weight, and astronomical features of the stones, the date it was installed, and the sponsors of the project. So basically, a, here's what it is, why it is, and who put it up there. Yeah. It referred to a time capsule buried under the tablet, but blank spaces on the stone intended for filling in the dates on which the capsule was buried oh, yeah. and was to be opened had not been inscribed. So it was uncertain if the time capsule was ever actually put into place. Um, during the removal of the monument, or what was left of it, in July uh, 2022, county officials dug six feet down underneath the tablet to check, and there was no time capsule. So that just kind of got uh, overlooked. Okay. okay. 
I guess? Now, for those still mentally constructing this in their heads, around the edges of the square were written translations to four ancient languages, one per edge. Okay. Starting from the top and proceeding clockwise, they were Babylonian in cuneiform script, yeah. Greek, Sanskrit, and ancient Egyptian in hieroglyphics. I was about to say, hieroglyphics. The four outer stones were oriented to mark the limits of the 18.6 year lunar declination cycle. I had to look up what that was. I still don't really actually understand. I'll explain later. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, I feel a mansplaining coming on. No, it has a lot to do with the star date, like you'll hear in Star Trek, star date. This oh, okay. Date. Yeah. Sci-fi I can handle a little yeah. better. Okay. The center column featured a hole drilled at an angle from one side to the other through which the North Star could be seen. I mean, they really thought this thing out. Yeah, yeah. The same pillar had a slot carved through it, which was aligned with the sun's solstices and equinoxes. Equinox? Equinoxes? Okay, sorry. Yeah. It's like Kleenex, Kleenexes, I don't think it's the same thing. A 7 8 inch aperture in the capstone allowed a ray of sun to pass through at noon each day, shining a beam on the center stone, indicating the day of the year. That's kind of awesome. So that means they had to put everything exactly yeah. in the right place. Yeah. Or it wouldn't work, and you know the 20,000 people a year would be desperately unhappy about missing right. it. Right. I'm sounding sarcastic, but I really think this is a lot of work, oh, and yeah. I'm impressed by it. The Guidestones became a subject of interest for conspiracy theorists because, of course, they did. Yeah. Wired magazine stated that unspecified opponents have labeled them the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist, and some conservative Christians have called the monument satanic. Here we go again. Uh, and again, is. and I know I have many family members who remain Christian and would probably call me out for saying this, but we all know there are those few, very vocal few, who are really just anti-anything that isn't them. So, right-wing activist Mark Dice demanded that the Guidestones should be, quote, smashed into, smashed into a million pieces and then the rubble should be used for a construction project, claiming that the Guidestones are a deep satanic origin. He believes that the R.C. Christian belongs to a Luciferian secret society related to the New World Order. Candace Taylor, a candidate in the 2022 Georgia Republican gubernatorial primary, so this was kind of recent, called the Guidestones satanic in a campaign ad. Which brings me to my next point. Don't smoke crack. <laughs> Her campaign platform called for the monument to be removed. At the unveiling of the monument way back in the 80s, a local minister proclaimed that he believed that the monument was for sun worshippers, okay, cult worship, maybe, and for devil worship. Absolutely not. No. Sun worshippers I could totally get, but, you know, yeah. gay pagans. Conspiracy theorist Jay Widener has said that the pseudonym of the man who commissioned the stones, R.C. Christian, resembles Rose Cross Christian. I mean, they're really thinking this out. Yeah. Or Christian Rosencruz, the founder of the Rosicrucian Order. I mean, we're getting into deep stuff here. Yeah. None of these critics provided any evidence to support their claims. Of course not. Oh, I thought you were going to be shocked. I'm disappointed now. The Guidestones were extensively featured in a 2012 episode of Mysteries at the Museum. Um, one of those kind of cool yeah. Discovery Channel shows with Don Wildman. Oh, yeah. Oh, looks... pardon me. Hold on. <gasps> okay, there's my shot. Okay. A little late, but all right. Yeah, it, it had to build. Gotcha. I, I can only build that much. My shock usually is kinetic. I have to get really like... You're telling people way more about you than they need to know. <laughs> In 2008, the stones were met with graffiti 
and slogans such as death to the new world order. Wired Magazine called the defacement the first serious act of vandalism in the Guidestones history. In September 2014, the stones were vandalized with graffiti including the phrase, I am Isis, goddess of love. After the acts of vandalism, security cameras were installed on the site, though they may not have ever actually been activated. Mm. And I'm, this is going to take me back to a little chant I heard. Isis, Isis, rah, rah, rah. Wow. Not to be confused with the Taliban type Isis. No, yeah. Isis, Isis, or A, or A, or A, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, yes, we, you get that. I get it. I know. Well, I'm not talking to you specifically. <laughs> anyway, so recent times. Mm-hmm. On July 6th, 2022, so not long ago from the time of this recording. Yeah. An explosive device destroyed the Swahili Hindi language slab and caused significant damage to the capstone. Nearby residents reportedly heard and felt the explosions at around 4 a.m. CCTV footage recorded a vehicle leaving the scene and police are, or at least were, investigating the incident. The remaining stones were dismantled by authorities for safety reasons later in the day with a backhoe, according to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. The Elberton Star reported that digging showed no evidence that there was ever a time capsule located beneath the Guidestones that I mentioned way back right. before. Now, the Elbert County Sheriff's Office is investigating, or was, the bombing with assistance from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Mm-hmm. On the evening of the bombing, the GBI released a video showing both the explosion and a vehicle of interest leaving the scene shortly before. No motive has been publicly shared. Oh, please. You know what I mean. And no suspects publicly identified. However, the news was posted and reposted on Facebook. And if you delve into reading the comments, and I read some of these before I had to stop too, many people were celebrating the destruction of these evil and satanic slabs. People are stupid. Well... And again, I just look at this list, you know, balance personal rights with social duties, prize truth. I don't remember ever hearing that as being a particularly satanic kind of thing. That's because people want to believe what they want to believe. There was a time where Harry Potter, probably still is, is considered satanic worship. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. My initial reaction was heartbreak and anger, frustration, Daniel Graves, Elberton Mayor, said. And I think that's consistent with the community's reaction. In late July, Mayor Graves announced plans to rebuild the monument. There have been numerous occasions that people have come over and spray-painted it. They've put the NWO, the New World Order thing, they've sprayed that on it a bunch of times. Mart Clamp, the owner of Clamp Sandblasting, says, The Guidestones are a bit of a family affair for him. My father sandblasted all of the lettering into the Guidestones, and for the last 25 years, I have maintained the Guidestones anytime somebody came up that graffitied or did any kind of damage to them, he stated. Yeah, which I imagine you would have to have some sort of upkeep because people are stupid. And cows. Oh, yeah. Cows. <laughs> In this but, case. But cows, cows are just like, oh, my back itches. I'm going to use it. They're probably a little bone. muddy. Yeah. You know, they're not like, they do, they do not believe in our cow god. We shall destroy <laughs> those big rocks. And now I'm picturing something from the far side. Really. There is no car- <laughs> There is no cow level. All right. On July 14th, that's Bastille Day, mm-hmm. 2022. And again, on July 25th, the GBI gave an update with no significant progress on the case being made since the bombing. So twice, they basically said, we got nothing to say. The Guidestones were maintained by the county and as such were considered a public building. Thus, their destruction would carry a minimum sentence of 20 years. I suddenly envision just like one like FBI-looking guy walking up to a podium going, <laughs> Okay, move along, nothing to see. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, that's it. That's all you get. We at the FBI have no sense of humor. We're aware <laughs> of. 
And that is essentially the entirety that is known about the mysterious history of the Georgia Guidestones, roadside attraction that garnered a lot of negative, but not entirely all negative attention. Yeah. We don't know who was behind its conception and design, and the purpose is not really well understood and is open to wild misinterpretation. Well, obviously. <clears throat> obviously, I mean, if it, if it denotes terrorism, it must be up to for wild misinterpretation. Obviously. So we're curious if any of our local listeners have ever seen them. That like, would be kind of cool. Yeah, because I honestly never had, but I'd heard about them once before. If you have seen them and you're on our Facebook, feel free to share the, the, like, the pictures if you have any. It would be great. And what was your reaction? Do you think they're a monument to hope in a survivable future? Or are they intended to lead us down a dark rabbit hole of eugenics and tyranny? Somehow I don't really think so myself, but... Could they just be the vanity project of some rich weirdo? Yes, yes. John Hammond sponsored the Guide Star. <laughs> well, in the meantime, and we do really hope to hear from you, we do want to say thank you so much for joining us once again at Southern Fried Spooky. Yep. We hope you enjoyed our little jaunt to Georgia. We do. And if you did enjoy, please leave us a few likes on Facebook and a few mm-hmm. stars on your podcast platform. Yep. They can visit our Patreon. Absolutely. They can give us an email if they have any questions or just want to shoot the proverbial shit. And if they want to mail us a box of Kleenex, that wouldn't go amiss yeah, either. Yeah, not at all. I'm your Carolina girl, slightly high on Dayquil. And I am your Florida man, about to probably take some NyQuil. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll see you again real soon. <laughs> Bye, Bye, y'all. You know, not knowing about these stones, I feel like I've taken them for granted. Wow. Just Wow. What? It's sort of a rocky relationship. I'm sorry. All right, let's get off here. I'm going to go get stoned. Oh, my God.